0: Welcome to Elevate Podcast, the fastest way to elevate your life, brought to you by elevatebooks.com.
1: Hello and welcome to another one of our Elevate podcasts. My name is Benjamin J Harvey, the Difference Maker Mentor. And once again, we have the pleasure of interviewing an international best-selling author from the Elevate series. To find out more about them or any of the other authors from the Elevate series, be sure to check out elevatebooks.com where you will find a bunch of additional information and plenty of highly valuable free resources you can download immediately to further assist you in elevating all areas of your life. So today we're speaking with Saini, sister native Tao Moi Piao. Saini is an orator and songwoman who practices Fai va, which is performance of space, and Tao which is relational space. She's a performance artist, presenter, broadcaster, and creative industries professional with a career spanning over 30 years. A voice of modern Australia, Saini is an interdisciplinary artist, storyteller, and founder of Oceania X and Lele Wellness. Saini is a veteran of the arts, media, and culture, as well as in the educational and personal development sectors with an intersectional oceanic Pacific lens and First Nations focus focus. Saini connects with global communities. She carries medicine in her presence, hands and voice, commanding an aesthetic in harmony and rhythm, working with the invisible and intangible. So please join me in welcoming to the show, Saini. Saini, how are you doing? I'm well, thanks
0: Ben. Thanks so much.
1: Now I am uh, getting through your introduction and inside the introduction, there's there's a couple of things that I want to understand a bit more about because um, I know that you've gone on such a journey. And I know that people uh, throughout Australia and throughout the world really rely on you for so many elements of your profound wisdom. And I think what I want to know more about before we even jump straight into it is this idea of performance space and relational space.
0: What what is all that about? I think it's about core values. What I realized is that moving from project to project, I've been doing projects since uh, 1990. And moving from project to project, I realised that there were core themes to all of the things that I was doing, that the core themes came from my cultural background, which is from uh, the Kingdom of Tonga and also from Polynesian culture, which a lot more people might be familiar with. So, yeah, these are the things that we call it uh, in Polynesian culture or in the Pacific or in the Kingdom of Tonga. And so I thought I'm just going to use the words that I use just to kind of be more authentically myself. Mm. Even though it's a bit of a tongue twister, (laughs) (laughs) my language, you know, I really believe, you know, if anything, it's a um, conversation starter.
1: Yeah, nice. I I like the fact that throughout your your life, it has been infused quite a lot with this core element of just authentically performing one's story and and just showing up in an incredibly authentic way. And I know people have probably already got a copy of your incredible book, Elevate Your Performance. What they may not realize is just how artistic you really are and how creative you are and just the breadth of your experience. It is quite profound. And so I think... uh, I want to dive in at the point of authentic performance and how that relates to a person's story. So for me, I like to just work out how did authentic performance of your story become so important to you as an individual?
0: Well, I fell in love with song really early in life, song and music um, and performance. And it's also of deep cultural value to my people. Uh, But when it became important to me was when I decided to write my own songs and then go around Australia performing those things and thinking about audiences and what audiences might want to hear on a CD or what people might want to hear on the radio. Um, And in thinking about what kinds of songs and stories I would want to tell, um, I really had to look at, um, number one, the way I presented myself, two, um, what were things that, Uh, were important to me that other people would want to relate to and what might help other people. And then I guess also um, I had to contend with the reality of having the specific voice that I have, which comes, of course, from the body instrument, which is my own body. I grew up wanting to sound like lots of other singers, and a lot of singers are this way, that you learn songs and you want to sound exactly like the people that um, you're hearing either on the radio or on TV or on CDs, as the case may be, I was listening to cassettes and vinyl records. <laughs> that's the era of time that I come from. But I realised that I had to work out what my specific voice was and then also what my specific story was. So it became important to me to learn exactly how to find the stories that were, that were I guess, unique to me. And then also how I might use my own voice and share that with the world in a way that's maybe entertaining Perhaps it might be kind of transforming for other people. But um, also that would help people learn something, the way that I obviously learn things from other people's songs. So
1: how, how does a person go about finding their song? You know, you know like I, I know you help a lot of people really f- focus their flow and, and to some degree really find their music. What's a starting point for people out there? What should they be attempting to do to, to find this authentic song that
0: they have? Well, Some people like to sing along with instruments which is a little bit like just responding to the environment and the environment is changing and they'll change the way that they sing things Um, for me I went inside myself and um, my earliest memories were really kind of taking on any songs that I was being taught like nursery rhymes that kind of thing and then feeling how those things would make me feel and then the songs the way that I would sing them and the way that I would respond to my environment then was more determined by what was happening inside me than than reflecting only on what was outside myself so um I think that was your question was that Mm. your question how does one go about it yeah for me it was it's a very early visceral memory and I would say that um you know heading into my professional life or or just growing through life I found that that's the mechanism that I help other people do, kind of reflect inwardly and then um, arrive more authentically in their environment, whatever the environment is that they find themselves in.
1: Now, I know you do a lot of uh, cultural style consulting. You also run some incredible workshops as well. What do you think is the big shift now around the acknowledgement of everybody's unique song and the respect that comes with that. What, what are you finding that's happening that's, that's different these days out there in the world?
0: Oh, I'll speak specifically about the project that I'm working on at the moment. It's based around the idea of freedom of speech and when somebody is an elite person in the world or has a powerful platform and when they might use that platform and um, express themselves in a way that they feel quite authentic in that moment, but in a way that might damage other people. Mm. Um, And so at the moment I'm working on a project that's looking at um, the repercussions of what that is, uh, whether it's on an industry level, on a, um, I guess in some cases, the projects that I'm working on are often looking at people who are in heroic circumstances. So, for example, athletes, people in the public eye, people in films, this kind of thing, because this is where a lot of the stories are happening that I'm starting to influence um, and that people need to learn about what people from our Pacific region, uh, how we arrive at decisions that we make, and then, of course, how do we arrive at the repercussions of the decisions that we make. So I'm, I'm helping to navigate that space. Mm. I think
1: there's there's a lot of requirement for awareness now, Around topics like that, because of what what happens so much with social media and the different platforms that we have now that we didn't used to have, I, I think also there are people out there that they want to increase performance in an area of their life. They they want to be able to elevate that. They want to be able to be more authentic. So, what would you suggest to a listener out there as, as the first couple of steps they need to take to? be able to share their story, to be able to find their song? What is it they need to be doing differently that they're not currently doing?
0: I'd say the very first thing is to understand that through one person's life, there will probably be four to five pivot points. Mm. So, for example, decision you make in your very first phase of life, you might not really want to wear that so much in your fourth or fifth phase of life. And so some of the things that I help people with is, to be able to navigate that first point but also if you're at the fourth or the fifth point to be able to look back at your I guess introduction part of your story and help to just to repackage that so that you're more comfortable in your story when you're further down the further down the track yeah so something that a listener might be able to do is um, just jot that down like uh, where do you imagine yourself Uh, in the next, say, uh, five years, 10 years, 20 years, 25 years. And then perhaps put yourself in the position of wherever that point might be and look around, look backwards, look forwards, um, look up, look down. I always like to do the six directions, front, back, side, side, up and down. And, uh, yeah, if you feel like uh, I say that because I'm a singer, a lot of the time that's what we have to do when we're standing in front of a microphone just to be at least aware of the bubble that you're occupying and know that that bubble is going to move through time. And so I think just um, finding yourself inside uh, a bubble that you feel comfortable in and knowing that you feel comfortable to move that bubble around in time and also in different spaces, that's something that any person can do immediately. Just imagine that.
1: Mm. I know you've done a lot of different performing arts over the years and <laughs> live performances and just a raft of, of expression. What would you say is the key to really having an effect on the people you're around? Like I'll give an example. I'm, I'm hanging out with some friends and they ask me about my personal story. How do I deliver it in a way that really is going to have an effect on them? Or let's just say I'm a keynote presenter. I know you do a lot of great keynote presenting. And let's just say I'm a keynote presenter and I, I want to somehow infuse something else into it. Surely there are some things that you know, like, you know, what, what's the, the the secrets to the industry that the general public don't know that they can add to really just have a greater effect on people?
0: It's funny, yesterday I saw two keynote um, speeches and um, I'm thinking <laughs> about could i have said from um and the day before that i was running a workshop in a theater so i was thinking what what would the Sane in the theater who's running a workshop say to those two people who were delivering keynote speeches yesterday i would definitely say that i would go to the way one speaks on radio which is to smile when you speak mm. um, it means that when you're on video yes might look a little bit weird but one of the ways that I I guess frame that up for other people is that I say put a smile on your heart and hopefully that brings you to a space where you're um, a little bit joyful possibly content but um, feeling sunshiny on the inside. For me that's kind of the first go-to whether I'm on stage or if I'm in front of a microphone speaking to uh, masses of people that I can't see Um, or even if I'm in front of a small group of people delivering a workshop, the the thing that I always do is put a smile on my heart. And especially when I'm singing a song, um, I used to have a lot of um, personal relationships when I was younger, and I would say, uh, yeah, each partner would at least end up with one song written about them. And so sometimes when you're a singer-songwriter, you're delivering really, really personal stories that sometimes aren't always a happy thing. So um, in order for me to be able to sing that song for the people who are listening, I'd have to put a smile on my heart because it may be a bit of a sad memory.
1: Yeah, I like that. So you just start with this idea of putting a smile on your heart and quite often that brings to life that which it is. And I think also there's probably a lot of courage that's required to get up and perform and share your message and your story when you have worked with people in the past who've kind of struggled you know you do these incredible workshops and no doubt people come onto the workshops and they're, they're terrified they're terrified of standing up they're terrified of speaking out they're terrified of all of that stuff what what do you do with them how, how do you help them get through all
0: that um, the first thing I think is to couple courage with kindness Mm. Um, whether looking at yourself or um, doing things for other people the coupling of courage and kindness I think is something that I wish I had a long time ago and so that's the thing that I try to help yeah offer other people so in some ways helping to get courage is to do the praxis thing which is what I what I talk about a lot in in um, performance workshops which is you have to actually practice the thing and you've got to do it a lot and you have to shape the craft, and that's where the courage comes from. It's, I guess, courage and confidence could even be uh, similar there. But um, with performance, you're often you're often performing in a space that you're not necessarily determining. So you might be doing the same thing, might be the same song over and over and over. Um, and any person who, like any of the epic performers that you know, are pretty much doing a very small. Um, amount of things, but they're doing it in lots of different arenas. And so, for me, um, the courage to enter new arenas is sometimes doing the same thing but in a different space. And this is where um, the dalhiva comes into play, and even the fava. So it's about performing yourself and performing the space inside yourself as well as outside yourself, but being being aware of dalhiva, how you're relating to all things as well as um, how all things are relating to you in each moment. And so, yeah, these are some of the navigational principles that we practice, but um, praxis is one of the most important things that I try to stress, especially in the performing arts, because a lot of people have lots of ideas. Without praxis, ideas remain in the ideas realm. Mm. And obviously, with your experience in the industry,
1: what would you say are some of the things that, Whenever I meet anyone who, who comes from an industry that I have not really immersed myself in or I'm not privy to, I'm always curious of the mind-blowing things you learn where before that day, Saini performed at this level. After that day, she performed at a whole nother level. So if, can you think back to times throughout your journey, you know, you know, over three decades of this, what were some of those moments where you performed at a whole new level Ever since that thing, like, you know, like what are those, those turning points, I guess, in performance that and what what precipitated that?
0: Yeah. So um, in 2018, I had my own show on ABC Radio Australia, and um, that's where suddenly I was aware that my voice was reverberating out of transmitters, five specific transmitters, actually, in South- Southeast Asia and then across the Pacific And I was just aware that when I was standing inside my studio in Sydney, Australia, that that sound was being produced in all of these other countries instantaneously. And um, that was a very, that was just such a transformative experience. I would do that five days a week for four and a half hours every single day. And it basically meant that I was on a treadmill of performance performance. It's not the same type of uh, when I was singer-songwriter and travelling traveling around, you know, I might perform at a festival and we do something in the morning, something in the afternoon, something in the evening. But across, say, a three-day festival, I'd perform maybe four to eight times. But when I had this show, I was standing in front of a microphone performing every single day um, or every single weekday for four and a half hours. Um, the difference as well was that, I was standing alone other than my producer in a separate studio.
1: What is it that you found in that that took your performance to a whole nother level?
0: Well, the realization was was actually that that, um, going back to 1990, when I first started um, doing radio and I had a graveyard shift at my community radio station, um, I realized that my performance environment was the same. It was a microphone in a studio in Sydney. It was about 20 years, um, you know, either way, uh, actually 30 years, 2018 to, 20, to 1990, um, 28 years difference. Um, but essentially I'm the same body, I'm the same, I guess, uh, person, but I have a very different influence on the world and impact. Um, and so that's what kind of brought me back to the idea of praxis, that you're ultimately doing the same things. You're talking, there's a microphone, the tools are the same. Uh, But I guess the platform that I was occupying was mind bogglingly more extreme. Yeah, and also I guess um, the, when I was doing the graveyard shift as a kid, um, that was like, that was durational. It was three, three hours in the middle of the night. And I wasn't sure that anybody was listening at all. Um, but I guess 28 years down the track, I think that's what I calculated, 28 years, um, yeah, I was I was told by the by the level of the platform that I had been practicing something for 28 years. And so now what I do is I package whatever that something is to help other people kind of, I guess, stand in their power and speak usually in front of a microphone or um, in different ways that will um, communicate with other people. Yeah, and that's what brings me to, I guess, the authenticity of each person's story and speaking from whoever they are in that particular moment. Yeah, a body in space.
1: And what do you recommend to people who want to come out of their shell? You know, they, they want to go out there and share a story and be vulnerable, but they're just hitting this, this boundary. What, what do you normally advise people that are in a situation like that?
0: Well, one of my first, um, I guess, find a mentor is, is, is mm-hmm. the thing. From, you know, going from my own community radio station and at the time I also had a school band at school, um, having those people to guide you, you know, whether it's during the time of your performance or preferably before, really, really helps just to um shape who you might become, give you ideas of the environments you might encounter. But um, for me, it's actually having a listener, like somebody who can give you immediate feedback um, on how you might improve or just how you're going on that particular day. Yeah, finding a mentor to me is one of the most transformative things in the world.
1: Mm. I think a lot of people out there are just trying to do it all on their own. And that's probably why they're coming undone. And I, I know that you yourself do a lot of keynote speaking and you do cultural consulting, you know, to help people, specifically you're helping storytellers quite a lot. And obviously with your workshops, you really do help people go on that journey. I think sometimes people sit at home and they, they say, oh, you know, I see this performer on TV or I see this performer on whatever. And, and they always say, oh, they have something I don't. You know, they have something that I, I can never have. They have something that I don't have. And I think what I'm hearing is what they really just have is a bucket load of practice, really good mentors, and they're getting the basics
0: right. Is that kind of the the, the gist of it? That plus curiosity. Mm. They're curious enough to bother to take things to the next level. And I think that, you know, um, one success is one thing, but a string of 12 successes is a whole other level of you know, it's a different playing field, and um, yeah, that's where I like to work. Mm.
1: So, in terms of shifting performance, like elevating your performance, what would you say is the the single thing that you do most often to be able to continually take your performance to a whole another level? What, what's the 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 magic that you apply?
0: I would say experimentation. Um, the curiosity piece, uh, that plus testing and just experimenting and trying new things all the time, um, that combined with a mentor, I think, is a bit of a secret sauce.
1: Nice. So continually experiment. And when you say experiment, what do you mean by that? What's an example of, uh, uh, that someone could try at home to experiment? Could they? What, what, what is experimentation look like?
0: It's, it might be trying just something new that you don't already do. That somebody else knows a lot about. Um, I'm an interdisciplinary artist, and it means that I came from one discipline, so one practice, and I slowly took on more and more and more practices. So I started as a singer-songwriter, I tried radio, I liked that too. That also is voice and microphones. Um, and then I thought, okay, you know, um, suddenly I was getting opportunities to go out on the road and perform in front of people, and we did markets and (laughs) protest nights and festivals and things like that um so for me it's about um sometimes experimentation is doing the same thing but expanding the spaces that you do that in and other times it's about doing something very new in the same space Mm. experimentation is just new stuff yeah new ideas and also I guess keeping an open mind but I think um Coming from an ancient tradition, I also understand that a lot of things are not necessarily new to somebody else, which yeah. is why I think that um, having a mentor is one of the, you know, one of the easiest ways to transform quickly, because it might be new to you, that idea, but it's not necessarily new to another person. So finding a mentor, um, yeah, just to kind of give you their secret source. And make something all your own is, um, yeah. That's I guess the key to experimenting and continually evolving something. Nice it keeps it exciting, you know.
1: For sure, for sure it does. I know the listeners out there will no doubt want to be able to get in touch with you, and I think the the best way is to obviously find you on social media and uh, use that handle. I am Saini. So I A M S E I N I. I am Saini. And obviously they can connect with you and they can direct message and they can reach out and find out a lot more about this concept of focus your flow. You know, this, this idea that you uh, permeate through all that you do to really help people get into that position of authentically expressing themselves, authentically sharing their story of authentically, you know, finding their, their song and allowing that authentic performance to shine through. And I know a lot of people rave about these workshops and, Uh, I I recommend our listeners out there really jump on board and and engage with Saini. Go to one of her workshops, uh, find out more about what it is that she does. And before we wrap it up, I just want to find out, is there like a final message or a a single tip that you like to leave our listeners with, a a final thought that you'd like to share with everybody out there?
0: Actually, it's the first line from my, um, from Elevate Your Performance. And I I really love it because it's one of my metaphors that I (laughs) pretty much go to all the time, Oprah Winfrey. And, um, yeah, Oprah says you can either see yourself as a wave in the ocean or you can see yourself as the ocean. And um, I'd like to leave everybody with that that thought because I love to help people realise that they are the
1: ocean. Oh, that's deep. Saini, thank you. Thank you for sharing your profound wisdom. Thank you for allowing us to discover more about you. And, again, congrats on this incredible Best-selling book that you have uh, produced. And I just know for the listeners out there, again, track down Saini. Get on social media. I am Saini. Find her. And again, Saini, I just want to say thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks, Ben. It's been wonderful. Once again, you can find out more about Saini by visiting elevatebooks.com forward slash authors. And always remember, giving yourself permission to do what you love is the key to elevating all areas of your life. And until we meet again, share your light, live your love and do whatever it takes to be your own best friend. Thanks so much for dialing in and bye for now.
0: Thanks for listening to Elevate Podcast, the fastest way to elevate your life. For more information, visit www.elevatebooks.com.